Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Dewar. Hello. My lovely guest, my longtime friend, modern baseball super fan, journalist, (laughs) music industry empresario extraordinaire, Bradley Zordrager. What's up? Although so, it, it bears m- mentioning that I don't, I don't fully know what modern baseball sounds like. I kind of <laughs> do, but you're, you're the super fan here. I like the genre, but that's a band that has escaped me. So maybe I'll have to go, I'll have to go listen to them to live up to my title. You know, you can make fun of me for how terrible my taste in pop punk is. <laughs> um, all this to say, how are you today, Bradley? I'm good. I'm good. Just, so uh, yeah. So you do a lot of things in the industry. I do. Um, how would you introduce yourself? Because there is like so much going on under the hood, as it were. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I do a lot. I mean, I guess I'm primarily known for doing reviews on Banger TV, album reviews and other assorted uh, hosting duties on Banger TV, which is, you know, the company that made Metalhead Banger's Journey and Global Metal and Iron Maiden Flight 666 and, and all that stuff. More recently, Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix is ZZ Top Documentary. I also am the metal and hardcore editor at Exclaim, which is Canada's only music magazine that's still in print and available across the entire country. Everything else has either gone digital exclusive or is only available regionally. I write for a bunch of other publications recently, you know, I've written for Hard Noise, Kerrang, Metal Injection, Decibel, um, you know, the list goes on. And... um, yeah, I manage a couple of artists. I tour with bands on occasion. Uh, I think that more or less does it. And so how did you get started in this? Uh, well, I went to school for journalism. Um, and when I was in school for journalism, I... Um, uh, just had a career in journalism class where I was told I had to interview somebody whose job I was, uh, you know, interested in. And the woman who I was supposed to interview bailed last minute. So I was kind of scrambling and my friends play in a band called Exalt and we played basketball fairly regularly back then. And I seem to remember one of them saying like, Hey, it was weird. Like the singer of the band last night was the metal editor at Exclaim. Uh, not that they were telling me anything. It was just random basketball chat. And, uh, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll just call him. So I did. And I asked him if he was uh, if he was interested in being interviewed, like for an informational interview about how he got where he was, what, what he did daily and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, at the end, I asked if I could write uh, or if I, if I could send him some of my stuff, um, you know, not necessarily thinking that he would um, want me to write for them, but, you know, maybe he'd give me a few tidbits or this or that. And he was like, it's pretty good. Send me a little bit more. I sent him a little more. He's asked if I wanted to write for him. And uh 
Yeah. And then I kept writing for them. I did an internship there. I started working there part time during school, then more or less full time. But I would leave when I went on tour. Um, eventually, they asked me to be the metal and hardcore editor when somebody stepped down. Uh, the the banger thing I got involved when actually the, the person who stepped down for me to become the metal editor, she had done a, an episode of Lockhorns, which was like a live stream debate show. And she suggested that I would be good for it. So I started doing stuff with them then, you know, all the other places I write for, which also includes Bandcamp. I, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I, I, I missed one as one tends to when there's a list like that. Uh, Bandcamp is lovely. And yeah, no, I, I mean, I also, yeah, just pitch, I would just pitch these places, you know, hey, I have this article idea. I think it fits with your publication. And then they would, they just let me write them. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, as far as touring, I just, I used to tour with a pop punk band called Like Pacific and I, Message the bass player one time. I said, I, I like, and I'm quoting myself here. I said, bring me on tour, you fuck. And he was like, you can drive, right? And I'm like, yeah, I can drive. And I've never, I've never tour managed, but like, I can figure it out. And that was that. And he was like, yeah, sure. So, and then as far as band management stuff, I was just like, you know, I'll figure it out. I've been in and around it for enough that it seems like something that I, might be able to figure out and kind of want to do so i do that a little bit as well and that's about it i think that's everything so basically you figured out basically everything as you went along because you weren't even done journalism school when you started with explain you said yeah no it was i was it was part it was part way through my it was either my i don't know it was part way through one of my years it was either my part way through my first or my second year in school now, okay, just to clarify one thing. Now, you went and jumped right into Exclaim without having to go through any of the smaller blogs or anything like that, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Exclaim was the first publication that I wrote for that was not a, um, that was not like related to my schooling. Um, okay. I also, at, at one point, I took pictures for, for the, the record, the, the Kitchener uh, newspaper. That, was, that nice. was what I did for my internship during Conestoga College. Um, and it was lovely because most internships are not paid. And uh, yeah. that one was. Uh, so That's that was crazy that you were a paid photography intern. That's got to never happen outside of that. Yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't, I, I wasn't making bank, you know, it was, it was like, it was like definitely like honorarium money. I feel like every event I covered, I got like, you know, 20 or, or 40 bucks. I don't remember, but okay. I remember being like, well, it's better than nothing. So like, sure. But yeah, Exclaim, uh, to answer your question, Curtis, yeah, Exclaim was the first uh, publication I wrote for. I never did really any uh, any blogging for any smaller smaller websites or, or anything like that. It was just, boom, straight into Exclaim. That's awesome. Now, okay, so now how did you, okay, so going from Exclaim over to Banger, so how, so you were introduced to uh, Banger through the person that had previously been the editor of, Ex at, uh, of the Metal Hardcore at Exclaim, correct? Yeah, yeah. So she had done one of those episodes, and I, I think I messaged her. I was like, "Oh, that was cool." And then I was like, "Yeah, like that's awesome." And so I think she was like, "I think you'd be good at it." And she just uh, introduced me to uh, Lisa, who used to be the producer of uh, Banger TV, and was like, "Hey, would uh, you know wanted to introduce my friend Brad? He's that he replaced me as the metal and hardcore editor at Exclaim. I think he, you know, could uh, you know be be good for 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 what you're doing there." So. I don't know. And then she asked me if I wanted to come on and I, and I did. And then as far as doing reviews, when they started expanding into doing album reviews, uh, Sam, who it's his company, he's one of the co-owners and he's the guy who appears in, in, in the documentaries. Uh, mm -hmm. He 
he was doing all the album reviews and they wanted to expand away from that because you know the man you know is 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 a, is a man he's a he's a human he has uh you know a limit and he couldn't do all of them so they tried uh they tried me out and they said uh, i don't know what they saw me because honestly watching those old reviews i just cringe at how bad i was on camera but they saw something in me and then i was so i was the first album reviewer to get added onto the team that was not sam which is cool so I want to ask, how, did, how does one go from writing reviews to talking about reviews in front of a camera? Because that's quite the jump. Yeah, it's weird. And, and a lot of it is very, it's, it's, it, it was hard. And, it, you know, as far as, I'm trying to think of an example right now. And of course, you know, being on the spot, it's hard to. But you, you write in ways that people don't talk. It's just not yeah. a normal way of communication. So I would write my notes very much like I was writing a review. Yeah. And then I would go to say something and I'd be like, that sounds unnatural. Yeah. And I would have to, you know, on the spot kind of figure up with some, figure out something else to say that said the same thing, but in a way that was more natural, you know, like, so for example, like I wouldn't necessarily, when I'm speaking, say that that band sounds Gojira-esque. I would say mm -hmm. that band sounds like Gojira. That's a much more natural thing to say. But when you're writing, you don't necessarily want to litter your prose with like this, like that, like this. It sounds yep. kind of amateur-esque. So you, as, you use esque, as I just did there. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, like it, it's definitely not like a normal way to talk. And like, I think the one thing that you want to get a, across when you're doing album reviews, when you're doing YouTube, stuff that is very much like, I think it's kind of meant to be a medium of like, it's like an equilibrium. Anybody can do it. I, I don't think <laughs> equilibrium is the right word there, but you know. Yeah, yeah. talking's hard um where you know it kind of levels the playing field and you, so you don't want to you don't want to talk like uh like an asshole you know like some like educated guy who kind of comes across like you're better than everybody it kind of feels like you, you know you shouldn't talk like that so it was kind of learning to talk in a way that sounded human in a way that writing somehow doesn't you, you it's, i don't know it's weird it's weird so it was definitely an adjustment period and then beyond that just you know speaking on camera is weird you know you're not speaking to anybody you're just speaking at a camera and totally. that's that's not a natural it's not an easy thing to be natural at if you haven't really done it before so like i said those early reviews that i did were not easy to watch now because i um, how 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 did i think i was good like that was terrible so okay did you okay were you freaking out the first time you did it because i'm just trying to like think like how to jump from doing print reviews to in front of a camera it just i know a lot of writers would just fail doing it but i mean you you've been doing it for a while now so like how like what it, like how do you adjust i i i i think i did probably freak out a lot like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing and then i just i just did it i mean it helped you know we did do that trial one you know we did a like a an audition one and the one that i the album that i reviewed for that audition was that Serpentine Dominion band, the you know Adam D from Killswitch and Corpse mm -hmm. Grinder, and then Shannon Lucas who's playing like Black Dahlia and all the remains. So I did a a trial of that, and I guess it didn't go all that bad. I guess when they told me that I was good enough and that I, that they'd like me to do it, that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence that Ooh. you know maybe I can do this. And there was definitely a lot more coaching back then, um, where I would say a line and they would be like, ah, maybe try to say it a little bit more like this because, like I said, I was locked in on that. I write <laughs> like a fucking writer. Um, but yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking. And, you know, I, I, I had a, like a lot more coaching back then, as I said, I also, I think I had a lot more of a, a hand in the editing process. Like they would send me like a rough cut and I would say like, Hey, can we change this, this and this? Like, I don't like how I came across on this. Whereas now like that's, 
that's very rarely a thing. I'll occasionally ask for it, but usually it's just uh, they they just put it up, and I'm like, yeah, all right, that's good, you know, because I you know I trust myself and I trust them to generally like nail it for the most part. Nice. Which which do you prefer doing? Um, yeah, yeah, like do you prefer doing video reviews or do you prefer doing um, like normal text reviews? See, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't prefer one or the other. You know, there are certain things about, you know, about doing video reviews that I get, you know, I get a lot more eyes on them, you know, in general. Like people watch, you know, a, a low banger review is, is like 15,000 views. Like that's a low amount. Sure. So I do like the amount of attention sure. that I can bring to, uh, to a band through having that medium. That's, that's a great thing. Um, I still, I, I don't really, like, I don't do that many more, that many album reviews anymore written just because I try to keep my, if I write, if I write a review for somebody, I can't then go, you know, film a review for Banger. So I try to keep that open for the most part. But in terms of like doing video stuff versus doing written stuff, I I think it's, you know, I get different things out of it. Like I said, like I do enjoy the, the, the visibility that I can get through the video stuff and, you know, some of the jokes that I can crack, you know, that otherwise would be weird in a review because you're supposed to be serious. Like, you know, when I, when I reviewed, when I was reviewing the Slipknot album, I said like, let's check out album number six from the nine. So I made a 69 joke in it. And then I just said, nice. Like I, I, I would never do that in a written review. That would be incredibly strange. Yeah. Written reviews feel a lot more academic. Not that I don't approach the majority of my review with, um, like, you know, a critical sense and, and, you know, a, attempt to be edu educated sounding, but I, uh, I do think, you know, watching on YouTube, it's, it's, it's entertainment, you know, yeah, people, people are looking for different things. Yep. Yeah. So I, I like both of them. Like I said, I don't necessarily do that many album reviews written anymore, but there is something that I get out of the written word that I can't get out of video. It's definitely a f more frustrating process to get there, you know, to nail that thing that you want to say written writing. But yep. when you finally nail it, you're like, yo, like when I finish a review and I'm like that or, or finish an article, and I'm like, that's, that's a good article. I said it succinctly, but I said it descriptively and everything is great. That's a very, that's a very good feeling. So totally. yeah, I, I don't think there's a, there's a, there's a straight answer for that, but that kind of tells you what I get out of each of just to, back, just to back up one second, did you say that you will not do a written review uh, if you think you're going to be reviewing it for Banger? Was that correct or did I mishear you? Yeah, no, I try to, I try to keep my, myself open um, for Banger because, you know, you, you, it's, you know, not necessarily a, a good look to do a, re do a review of the same thing for different places. Um, can, can you explain that for listeners? Why that would be... Uh, Honestly, I don't necessarily fully know why. I just know it's like a journalistic kind of thing. And I don't know the meaning behind it. I'm sure I knew it at one point from school, but I just know generally, you know, you don't, you just don't double dip like that. You know, for example, if I were to do an interview with somebody and then review that, do an interview with somebody for uh, Banger or, mm -hmm. or for do an interview with somebody for Exclaim and then review it for Banger, that would be fine. But you generally just don't do the same thing. You know, I, I think it comes down to, you'd essentially just be plagiarizing your own piece by changing the words because you're essentially saying the same thing. So that just kind of just like kind of feels like a ripoff for both publications that you're writing or that you're working for. You know, it's like, wow, you gave me nothing original. Fair. Um, now, out of, out of curiosity, do you ever find conflicts between your, your job at Exclaim and the one at Banger? Uh, no, I okay. haven't. I think they kind of, they feed each other. You know, what I do at, at Banger, I has given me 
uh, a, a level of visibility that I didn't have before, which I, I can then take and, you know, feedback to exclaim because we have a lovely, like hardworking and, and knowledgeable metal and hardcore team there. So it's like, it's cool that I can take whatever attention I have on me and kind of give it to some of, some of that. Uh, I mean, I guess the closest thing I could get to some kind of conflict there would be if I were to be reviewing something for Banger and yep. nobody was claiming it for Exclaim, but mm -hmm. it was like a huge release that we could not miss out, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like, a, I don't know, Black Dolly Murder or something. If I was reviewing that for, for, for Banger and then nobody was picking it up for Exclaim and then suddenly it's not going to get covered generally you know the, the onus would be on me as the editor like i gotta get that covered uh yeah. i haven't really run into that yet you know i i have like i said i have a really great team so it's like if i ever got into that situation i, I would just you know make a case with one with one of them and just be like hey like i know you know you're 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 you weren't initially interested in this like it's a huge high priority like we really need to get it covered and I would love to do it, but I've already been tapped for banger, you know? So that, that would be, I think the closest that we could get to a conflict. And fortunately it hasn't really happened yet that I can remember. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully never does. Uh, if that were the case, I don't, I don't necessarily know what I would do, but I'll cross that bridge when I get there. You know, I've gone years and years without it happening. So cool. Now, Knock on wood. So, okay. So I want to talk about the interviewing piece for a minute, because I've always thought you were a really good interviewer. Thank you. Um, what do you think makes an interview good? That has for me changed over time as what people, as, 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 as how people consume media has changed. So I think that one important thing to accept when you're doing an interview is to remove your ego from it. I think that a lot of the best interview based stories are specific hyper specific you know Kerrang did a story about the knocked loose album where they only talked to them about the the supernatural like ghost stuff that they dealt with in the in the studio now if the writer of that had some kind of ego they would want to speak about other stuff in the album to then you know be like i know what i'm talking about but it's kind of removing that and accepting that this like the story is the conduit and you just need to like give yourself to the story and tell the story as best as it can i do think that hyper specific stories are very cool that say one thing and say it very well i think thesis based interviews are really cool like you you have something that you're trying to answer a question for and you go in and you do that those tend to be more features as far as like you know just like a general interview i think you know a respect for an artist's time goes a long way so you don't want to ask Absolutely. them the same the same stupid shit that they've been asked all the time so you do your research sometimes you can't get around that you know like asking those questions like so for example when i was doing video-based interviews sometimes you have to ask the question that they've answered a million times because you need that clip for your final product in print mm -hmm. that's not so much the case because you can just write it down and say that he says he said that in this publication or even if it's it's just fact you know like this album came out on or this album is coming out on this day period that's a fact metal blade is releasing the black dahlia album on i think april 17th or something or may 17th or i don't whatever i don't know the date you know it's not yep. in front of me but you know just having respect for that and then just just do a lot of research like you know it shouldn't be easy you know these people like work very hard on their craft and 
if all you can do is just read the press release and ask questions off that, I mean, like, I don't think you really deserve to be doing what you're doing, you know, do your research, find some cool stuff, you know, and go from there. Just, yeah, like I said, like a respect of, I have too many friends in bands ask stupid fucking questions because I know how much they fucking hate doing those interviews. You know, I've been on tour before and it's like, you know, they, the band I was working for was getting like a not great interview. And I get like, get a text like, yo, this like sucks. Like, can we like help, you know, like, what can we do? You know, like, this is awkward, you know, when people just don't know when stuff ends or whatever. Well, and um, it's also like what I always found, you know, having done a lot of interviews and I think you and I have talked about this, but I feel like a really good general rule is focusing on the why rather than the what. Yeah, totally. You know, um, cause I feel like when you're a musician, you don't really want to restate the same facts that you've restated to everyone for the last Month. Yeah, like, so, so for example, like, I'm not going to say, oh, there are less, like, would you say that there are less blast beats on this album? That's a bad question. Now you could say, I, it, to me, like, listening to this album, it sounds like there are less blast beats. Why is that? And then, you know, they could say, you know, we felt that we were, that we were tied into blast beats as being like a death metal or a black metal band, whatever you're interviewing. We felt that we were too tied into doing it. And it was too easy to do to achieve the genre and the sound that we're expected to do. So we thought if we pulled back on those, it, it made us challenge ourselves to still be accepted as a death metal or a black metal band while not sounding like what your typical hyper-modern band in that style sounds like. And that's but, but here's a more question interesting for you, thing. Yes. For, here's a question on that though. Do you think that the reason why people aren't asking those types of questions is because they're, they're not trained in journalism like you? Sorry to cut you off, by the way. I just no, had that. No, you're good. No, I, yeah, I do agree. And I, and I think, you know, there's a, there, it's a very great and positive thing that there's such a low barrier to entry for, for writing and, and stuff. But I do think that there are a lot of things that you learn through journalism school that they don't necessarily pick up just by doing, you can do and you can yes. do and you can do and you can do, but you know, if nobody ever, if you don't have an editor, you're just doing your own blog or, or whatever, you, you might not have somebody question that. So I've, I've had art or I've had a, uh, writers of mine pitched a story and I've had to explain to them like well th for this reason I don't think that that's a good angle to take you know um because it just it you know you're gonna get your stereotypical answer you know you know for example not not that my not that my writers really pitch me this it's more it's, it's often a thing that um that comes more from the publicist angle but like uh like uh oh ba this band's going on tour do you want to interview them and I'm like about what you want me to yeah. ask them how is how's it feel to come to Canada? Oh, I've never been to Canada. I'm very excited. Or I love fucking poutine. Like that's you. You gotta you gotta think about what could possibly go wrong. You know, yeah. so asking a question like that, what could possibly go wrong? They phone in an answer. You know, and that's 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 I think the worst of all. You know, just like a series of answers that are they're not invested in. And if I was a reader, why would I not be invested if the band's not invested? So. I do think that, you know, I, I learned to think differently about writing questions when I was in journalism school. And like I said, great that there's a low barrier for entry for, for expressing yourself through writing. But I do think that there, are, there is certainly a, di a difference there. And one of, the, one of the things I want to point out, too, is like if you ask like shitty, boring questions, like it gets back to the PR people yeah. and they'll just stop offering you good interviews. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. No, I... Uh, 
especially you know like you 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 get especially when you're like a, you're like a like a younger smaller publication you know you get that you get your big chance and you're like oh cool like this is gonna be awesome and then you blow it that's one thing you know if a publicist isn't necessarily going to stop offering it to like some big publication just because one of the writers asked some goofy questions one time but like you know especially yeah. when you're you're a smaller and you're trying to make a name for yourself that's one way to you know take one step forward and two big steps back totally now i've got a question on on pitching because a lot of people will be like you know they want to get into krang they want to get into decibel you know they want to get on banger all the rest of it right like one and and i know but you've probably had your share of lousy pitches i'm sure um, oh, yeah. So how, how, how does a new band reach out to you specifically and get your attention and not sound like idiots so that way you want to actually do something for them? I mean, I mean, number one is timing. How many, how many bands do I get who send me something? Like, hey, hey, this album's out. This album, this album came out last week. I'm like, cool, buddy. It's already old news. Like, I hate to say it to you. Like, I know it's not old news for you, but in, in, in you know, everything's moving and you're, you're, you're nothing special. I'm sorry, but that's, that's something that I tell people that I work with and myself all the time. Like you're nothing special. Like why would somebody care about you when they could go? Why, why would somebody care about my story? That's about something old when they've already read three of those stories in other publications. That's why it's old. Um, so I think a respect for how the industry works is really important. And you know, the fact that we work, we do work in advance. And if you don't have your stuff together enough to plan for that, that's one that's, 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 that sucks. I have had bands that I've told that and I'm like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry. Like I would look, and I always try to help these people. I don't just say you're SOL. See you later. I say yeah. next time, please hit us up as far in advance as possible. You know, the more time, the better, like they have to consider if they send it to me a week after it came out, then I have to add it to the next roundup that I send to my writers, which might not be happening that day. So let's say that's happening in, in five days. I do that roundup. I send it around. My writers have to look, get their time together to look through the list, pick what they want to do, listen to it, gather their thoughts, write about it, submit it, then we edit it and put it online. Like this could be coming out suddenly a month after the album's out, and then it's really right. old. Um, yeah. So that's one. That's one thing. I think another thing is, um, I think what a lot of people publicists don't do is really give an actual story for me to tell they're just like this album this band's putting an album out you should talk about it i'm like okay like that's a terrible story band is yeah. releasing album like that's you got to think if somebody's scrolling through facebook are they going to click on it and, yeah. and and so like one time uh ailstorm is doing a cross canada tour so i was pitched you want to do an interview with ailstorm and i was like you know i was like you know we don't necessarily like doing tour stories because of the problems that i mentioned earlier and I said, what, what do you got for me? Like, what kind of angles do you got? And they would say, um, they said a bunch of them. And then one of them was the fact that they started doing the giant rubber duck on stage when they were on tour with Sabaton. They wanted something to put on the tank. Then the duck became a part of their thing. They started throwing it into the crowd. And the band kept buying these ducks until their supplier was out. And they ran out of rubber ducks. And there were no more giant rubber ducks. And they tried to like be like find out where their supplier got them and they didn't manufacture anymore because it was a fairly niche item like you're not going to sell a bunch of giant rubber ducks necessarily <laughs> until you until you meet an ailstorm so yeah. they had to then go and get these custom made giant rubber ducks but the problem became that they got made out of a different material so they're suddenly really heavy and they can't throw them into the crowd and the other problem was 
they got, you know, reverse spinal tap. So when spinal tap got that Stonehenge, but it was too small, these were actually big, not, not like that much bigger, but a little bit bigger. So the band was like, they told me on, in, on, in the interview, like some of these venues were playing across Canada, you know, like they've never been to necessarily like a new Brunswick before. So the venue is not going to be huge yeah. based on that fact. They've never been there, but also based on the fact that the market's not as big. So yeah. they were worried that these ducks would not fit. And if they would, that they might, you know, be too close to the, to like the light and it could be a fire hazard. They could catch on fire. So I was like, that's a funny story that I can tell the story of, and then frame it through the lens of the, the tour and then the tour gets publicity it doesn't i think it doesn't always necessarily have to be a direct sell on what you're trying to sell they're trying to sell a tour and this story isn't me trying to sell the tour as much as it's trying to tell this story about the the ducks which ties into the tour uh so i think yeah like sorry i went on a little bit of tangent there because it's funny great did you did you call it was the story called ailstorm getting their ducks in a row no it wasn't it wasn't maybe it should have been yeah geez i thought you were Fucking journalism school. Okay. <laughs> well, I think the, the, the problem with, this, with the title like that is people, people wouldn't know what it means. So they wouldn't close yeah. on it. So I, so I think it was, it, it was like a little bit more literal about what happened. Like sure. Pirate metal band, like what happens when pirate metal band, Aelstrom runs out of rubber ducks. I don't remember what it was, but it was, you know, something more literal like that. Although that, was, that is really funny. funny. That, that could be a good tweet. That could be a good tweet about. Well, here's my question though about that. Like, okay. So like, let's say, but like, like if I like if I was Aelstrom's publicist and like Aelstorm might come to me and they might say, well, we don't want to talk about the ducks. We only want to talk about the tour. So then how would how would you get around that? You just say, no, fuck you. don't want to talk to Aelstorm. I would just be like, hey, like, you know, I understand that they want to talk about the tour, but they need to understand and, and ex, ex, like respect my expertise of people are not going to click on the story where you just talk about the tour. Um, and, point. you know, like the reason that we're telling you that we want to talk about the ducks is because we know people will click on it, which will in turn get more eyes on you and will do better for promoting the tour. One time I interviewed um, a bot from Immortal and he got very mad that I didn't ask him how the show went for the interview. It was a video interview. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that, that's what makes this interview special. Is this happening today? And I was like, I, I was like, I think I just asked him it, but I didn't include it. My reasoning, if I would have explained it to him, was on the contrary, that's not special at all. You know, let's say there was a thousand people. At, it was at the opera house. So let's say it's sold out, balconies open. That's like 900 something people. Let's say it's sold out. Let's say half of those people like were there at least in part for, for a bot. There was, there was another band headlining maybe. No, I don't, I don't remember. But either way, let's say half the people there were, were like definitely down to find out more about a bot. Now, let's say half of those people are heavily online, in a, including YouTube. So now mm-hmm. we're down to like 200-something people. And let's say half of those people actually give a shit about what he has to say about the show. You know, everybody else is like, I lived my experience there. I know what that show was. That show was great. I don't care if he says, oh, it was a great show. If there was a certain mm-hmm. story that happened, that's one thing. But that's why, you know, it's, you know, if a band is like, well, we only want to talk about this, this, and this, it's like... I mean, I'm sorry, but that's the reason that your band's going to fail. You know, like you, you, you're giving a, a framework to work within and that framework is the media and we know what does and doesn't work. So, you know, yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point because a lot of people don't, don't think about that. They just want to talk about themselves, but you are the expert because you're the journalist. So you know what people want to read. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've done those stories. We've done the stories that it's just like band talks about album and usually 
it's not that interesting, you know? Like, yeah. like, yeah, we went with this producer because he did this album and we wanted to reproduce that kind of tone. And it's a lot of stuff that is super, super, super specific and super nerdy. And I yeah. just think people are not that super specific and super nerdy anymore everybody's into everything you know and i think yeah. that's a great thing you know the fact that there are that there are rappers out there who are like yeah I, I grew up on metal and i like this and i like this or like myself like i'm a metal editor for a magazine but i also like and tour with and, and like love the pop punk world you know like i think that that's a cool thing but it's like i think you know and also the changing of mediums from you know something printed where you're physically holding on it you paid money for this it's what's in front of you right now to being online it's like if a story is not gripping you you just click on another one or close the page you know back you bought a magazine you're going to read that story totally do you do you find people ask you more for uh printed reviews or video reviews nowadays out of curiosity uh i mean, I mean generally we don't really get pitched uh, i don't really get pitched specifics you know it's yeah. just like i get like the pr and it's like hey this 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 um you know i, I think there is a bit of a misnomer in, amongst pr people uh where they they're like we want we we oh we, we got to be in print we got but print is a flex at this point it's cool yep. but you're not getting as much out of it as you are online like it's yep. like i said it's a cool optic it's cool to be like we're in print but yep. it i don't think it's as beneficial as everybody thinks it is i think that's kind of an like an old way of thinking no, and i was saying with print too is i feel like you can't target it the way you can target online yep. yeah totally like you just put it out there and that's cool to an extent you know, like that somebody could be walking down the streets of Toronto, see an exclaim box, pick it up, and then discover whatever black metal band we interviewed that month. That's cool. But it's also, you're, you're, you know, you're shooting whatever, shooting ducks in a barrel or whatever the fucking phrase is. Yeah, like, you know, like, where has, it's like, has that happened in the last two years? <laughs> like, probably not. You know, we've put metal bands in there and the likelihood that somebody, that somebody who isn't tapped into metal has picked it up and be like, that sounds like the one metal band I'm going to listen to. It's like, eh, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know about most people, but I mean, I, I think nowadays most most people are going to be going online. Like when I check Exclaim, I'm generally looking online. That could be because it's not as, I can't find it as frequently here as I did when I lived in Vancouver. But right. when, I, when I check Exclaim, I mean, I, I look online. I'm not like going to the record store to find the newspaper necessarily, right? Totally. Yeah, no, same. And I work for the company. But I mean, I can yeah. also just go into the back the back room and grab one. But, yeah, um, totally. <laughs> but yeah, one thing that a lot of people do want is they, they everybody wants everybody wants a banger review. But the unfortunate yeah. thing is to produce one of those takes a lot more effort and manpower than it does to produce a, uh, a review that just goes online on Exclaim. You know, point. so so unfortunately, a lot of the time that means that we we got to cover the big ones because we also got to keep the people that watch our channel like like if we don't cover you know a, a, a black dolly murder or a cannibal corpse they're gonna be like what the what what the fuck like why did you not cover that that was the biggest thing so it's like oftentimes we have to do that and because of the amount massive amount of like like work hours that it takes to you know come not only do i have to come up with my notes and stuff but then we have to film it and then we have to edit it and this and that um so it's just a matter of it's just like i would i would love like we would all love to cover more underground stuff but it's just like it's a very delicate balancing act and you know there are ways to get around that you know if a band really wants to be on there like we do have a shout, we have a shout out at the devil level of our of our patreon where you can after after you donated that for three months in a row you get you get a shout out like you can you can be like hey i'm more mostly in line with with sarah's taste our band is 
could she give us a shout out in her next review? And then she gives you a shout out. She goes like this, this review is presented to you by like whatever band, you know, they're a power metal band from, from this city, you know, inspired by X, Y, and Z. And I think, I don't know, we'll probably have their album pop out or something. Like, it's like, there are ways around it, but you know, it's just, there are constraints on budget and time. And yeah, I mean, if, if some millionaire out there wants to come and give us a bunch of money so we can do more and we can, we can do more underground stuff, be my guest. But other than that, you know, we got to, that's the unfortunate, you know, push and pull that we've got to do. So then we've got, we've got programs like Blaine. He does metal monthly where he just picks five things that he's into and he talks about. And then we do the shout outs at the end of the reviews. And um, that's a little bit of a chance for me to do something like that. And honestly, like, I think it, for a smaller band, a shout out is probably in a in a, a shout out in a relevant band in and around their scene is probably more beneficial than a full review you get a full review people are just not going to click on it they're gonna yep. be like i don't know what your band is whereas like you know you i do a review of take this for example i did a review of the the suicide silence album and i got to give a shout out to lorna shore in it and you know that's people clicked on it for suicide silence and then they were like you know, I don't know if people like that album or not. The general, I don't know what the general consensus is. I didn't. Some people do. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, say they don't. And they're like, wow, Deathcore kind of sucks in, in 2020. And then they see this shout out for Lorna Shore. They're like, oh, that sounded, or that sounds like it could be cool. They go check that out. Now they have a new favorite band. Yeah, I agree 100%. That, that's, that's actually probably way more uh, better for most bands than just getting the straight review. I agree. As we head yeah. towards the end, um, Brad, what do you have to plug? We have a minute left before this thing kicks us off. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I tour with and work with the band Brand of Sacrifice and uh, their other band. Well, they're like a slammy deathcore band and their other band Earthshatter. They're like a more on like the new metal slash metalcore thing, like burials with like courses like I Prevail and like a little bit of a, a mirror kind of bounce. Um, I work with both those bands. You should check those bands out. Uh, check out Banger. Check out Exclaim. Uh, I'm at, at Bradseed on Instagram and Twitter. You know, you can follow me there. And, you know, any other plug that I'm going to run out of time to do, I'm, I'm sure I'll post sometime there. And hopefully uh, it piques your interest. There we go. This is Dumb and Dumbest. Thank you for listening. We done yet?